support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download. Well, here we are. We survived. Welcome to Narrative Live, a very special edition as we look at the coronavirus. You can tell I still have some virus of my own uh, from my little visit to the hospital last week. Still recovering, but doing much better. Uh, you're just getting to hear a lot of the effects of that uh, throughout the throughout my attempts to do tonight's show, which is why we're doing it a little bit stealth. But we're going to tell you a lot about uh, coronavirus, everything I've been able to research in the last couple of days, and really put look at why this could be Donald Trump's Katrina. But in a day like today, it's just impossible to not stop and take a look at all the headlines. There were so many headlines that on any given day would be the biggest story of the day. Uh, take a look at everything that broke just today around COVID. So uh, New York's mayor, Bill de Blasio, announced a state of emergency in the city of New York City. There'll be a ban on any gatherings of over 500 people. That includes Broadway musicals, which have now gone dark we heard today that March Madness is also being cancelled. It was the worst stock market day since 1987. Disney's theme parks announced that they'll be closing down for an indefinite period of time. And Amazon has announced that they will ask their staff to work from home if they can. At the same time, 150 million Americans will now get COVID virus. That's the estimate. That's the unbelievable estimate that's going to be predicted now. 150 million Americans will get the coronavirus. Uh, it's an extraordinary number, almost half the population, that will, over the next couple of years, be exposed to this disease. Um, so, you know, the good news is we, we're not at the beginning anymore. We're, we're starting to get rolling. Uh, the bad news is we're still about 14 weeks from peak um, virus and uh, still quite far away from those 150 million people all being exposed to COVID. There was also news today from Tom Hanks's son who went online to tell us how his parents are doing after they were diagnosed with coronavirus in Australia. What's up, everyone? Um, yeah, it's true. My parents got coronavirus. Crazy. Um, they're both down in Australia right now because my dad was shooting a movie down there. Um, but I just got off the phone with them. Uh, they both are fine. They're not even that sick. They're not worried about it. They're not tripping, but they're going through the necessary health precautions, obviously. But uh, I don't think it's anything to be too worried about. I appreciate um, everyone's concern and the well wishes, but um, I think it's all gonna be all right. But I appreciate it. And uh, just everybody stay safe out there. Much love. Interesting choice of uh, of tattoos to be talking about your parents' health. Uh, but there you go. I guess he doesn't have a choice in that. Uh, let's move on to my big theme of tonight, which is Trump's Katrina. You know, a few weeks ago, I was brazenly online on Twitter, and I said that this was becoming, coronavirus was becoming very much um, Trump's Katrina. And if you've lived through that event. If you lived through it as a survivor of it, then you certainly recall it. You'll never forget it. If you covered it or watch it as, as, as I did as a TV journalist, or even if you were at home just watching it, um, those images are going to have been seared in your brain for the whole, for your whole lives. People trapped on roofs, the floodwaters rising, and not being able to get help from the federal government for days and days and days. We are going to die out here. Did you not see somebody out here right now? The horror show at the Superdome. 
Close to 25,000 people were trapped there for days in the heat and stink. We need to feed our babies. We need to give our babies some water. Somebody rescue Thousands more baked on overpasses along the interstate. This man jumped to his death because he just couldn't take it no more. More than 1,800 people died across the Gulf Coast. How could this be happening in the United States of America? Who seemed more out of touch, President Bush or FEMA director Mike Brown? And Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin let loose on a radio broadcast. Now get off your asses and let's do something. And let's fix the biggest damn crisis in the history of this country. Now, when I wrote that this was Trump's Katrina, it wasn't an assessment of what's to come. It was an assessment of what's already been done, which is very little. In fact, there's been so much damage done just by the lack of testing available to people for coronavirus. That's one of the most important things we can do in, in battling this virus. It's not even happening. That leaves us with only two other defenses. But we'll get to that in a second. Katrina was a crisis of leadership, a total lack of preparedness by the federal government for an event that was crippling parts of the country that left people in fear and in grief. And while they were in that state, there was backslapping going on by the President of the United States. It was a blindness to what needed to be done and an unawareness of how bad the situation was going to be. That is exactly where coronavirus is today for Donald Trump. That doesn't mean he can't turn the corner. There's plenty of time to still show us his leadership chops here. But you can also be pretty sure that Katrina, it wasn't as bad as coronavirus is going to be. But there are some important things we have to take away from the way Donald Trump has handled this entire fiasco. The first is the complete and utter failure in testing. And we'll get to that in a second. The second is the fact that we've just underestimated the whole thing. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's leading uh, Donald Trump's effort to fight the coronavirus, said this week that coronavirus is 10 times more fatal than the flu. Just think about it, 10 times more fatal than the flu. Add to that the fact that we already know that for every infection of coronavirus, you will infect 2.2 other people. In other words, if you're infected or I'm infected today with coronavirus, by next week, 2.2 people will be infected by me or you. Now, the following week, it's another 2.2 people of, of your 2.2 people. So you can see how exponentially this thing just spreads like wildfire. There are really only three things at our disposal that we can use to fight um, coronavirus. The first is testing. And if, by any accounts, America's just failed this. I don't understand how America is the only country on the planet not to be able to get this idea of, of testing done easily and quickly. I mean, it's just shocking to me that we've been trying for months and months to develop a test. We can't seem to get it right. And even if we could get it right, we have no idea how to distribute it. So all the facts and figures we have today about coronavirus, we just don't know if they're true. But let's go back to that list. There's testing, then there's social distancing. I'm gonna talk a lot about that today. And the third option is the vaccine. Now that's not likely to happen because guess what? The vaccine's about a year away. So when you look at these three options, testing hasn't worked out for us. Social distancing is the only thing we have, and uh, the vaccine is too far away to count on it. So let's take into account what we know about the coronavirus today. We think that there are about a thousand people in the United States who have confirmed coronavirus cases. That's the official number. It's also likely completely inaccurate. Now, 
I know people keep saying on TV there are thousands of people in the United States right now who have contracted, maybe even recovered from coronavirus and who are out there spreading it. And uh, we just don't know how many because we haven't been finding them or testing them. But look at what happened in Wuhan province. This is where the original um, outbreak happened in Wuhan in China. When on January 22nd, the official number of people who have contracted coronavirus was 547. But the unofficial, this is an estimate based on uh, modeling by scientists at the University of Leicester, that the actual number was 11,000 to 33,000. Look at that gap, 547 official to 11,000 to 33,000, which was the actual number of people who contracted the virus. And then look what happened the following week. Not only had that number shot up from 547 to 11,200, look at that jump, it's insane. But the unofficial number had also jumped up. This is the modeled number that people believe was the actual number of people infected. 88,000 were infected. And this is in Wuhan, in China, where this whole thing began. Now, for whatever reason, governments like to underreport, undertell you, um, lie, call it whatever you want, but they don't like to tell you the full story of how many people are infected, or maybe they just didn't know. But when you look at that gap, you can tell that probably in the United States right now, where we have a thousand official cases, we probably have somewhere in between 33,000 and 88,000 people who are in the United States right now, contagious and spreading the disease. That is a lot to take in. I know it's not something we do, you know, in anyone's mind you want to think about too much, but it's just the reality of how much this thing has already begun to spread. So um, we've had those th three options. We've had the options of testing that hasn't worked we've had the option of a vaccine we're waiting for that we'll wait for that to happen the only thing we have left is social distancing now what is social distancing you've probably heard about it a million times but not known what it is officially social distancing is this school closures you stay at home and work from home and also you ban large-scale gatherings of more than 200 to 500 people these are the things the only things we have right now to fight this disease. Now, you could say, well, we could wait a week. Let's wait a week before we close the schools or two weeks because we, you know, we still have things to do. Every day in this crisis matters so much. And here's why. Um, if you look at the actual numbers, uh, let's look at the narrative tracker this week. This is the number of people currently, this is today's numbers, in the United States is 1,323 people confirmed um, with the coronavirus, 38 deaths. In Italy, this is an incredible number. This is just released a, a few minutes ago. 15,000 people have been confirmed, and they've crossed over 1,000 deaths. That is not what it was just a few days ago. China looks like it's actually flattened out and might be past its peak. But on a global level, we're still seeing an incredible increase every day of the number of people who are contracting coronavirus and the number of people that are dying. So that's today. That's today. We can do this because we've got the narrative tracker. I am going to go back to March, sorry, February 25th, just over two and a half weeks ago. Guess what it looked like two and a half weeks ago? Two and a half weeks ago on February 25th, in the United States, there were 53 confirmed cases of coronavirus and zero deaths. In Italy, there were 229 confirmed cases and six deaths. What happened? in those two weeks. It's absolutely stunning when you look at the, the exponential growth that has happened. We'll go back to today's numbers quickly here and look again. Confirmed 1,323 for the United States with 38 deaths. That's We had zero two weeks ago. And uh, 
And in um, Italy, it went from six to 1,000 deaths. That is an astonishing set of statistics and really does make you wake up to every second matters in this particular crisis. Many residents are stranded on rooftops, desperate to be rescued. Bodies float in the streets. Looting breaks out. Thousands make their way to the Superdome and Convention Center in hopes of being evacuated. The waters stop rising, but the city is in chaos. Looting and violence are so widespread that police are forced to stop rescue operations to combat the problem. Well, terrible pictures to remind us of a terrible tragedy. Now, it was very symbolic, of course, uh, the Superdome, the people gathered in there, overcrowding, because they just had no place else to go and because the federal government had done nothing for them. Well, what we're going to find with coronavirus is that the medical uh, facilities that we have are just not going to be enough for all the people that we need to treat. In fact, in um, Italy right now, what they've started to do is, is ration out ICUs. There's only a certain number of ICUs available. They have to make a very grim choice all the time. You know, do they give it to this one elderly person or do they give it to this younger person because they're going to live longer. Those are the kinds of terrible choices that doctors in Italy are being forced to make on a daily basis. And it's the kind of crisis that no one wants to see face here. We don't have to pick between our elderly and our young people as to who gets to live, but that is where we are going unless something gets done now, which is why I'm advocating that the more we do right now, the more social distancing we can do right now, the more distancing we can do, you know, the more we can do today, the more we will stave off what's happening in the future. A couple more things that are worth sharing with you because the news isn't actually all that grim when you look at the effects of coronavirus. Now, in most cases, 82% of coronavirus, it's mild, 14% is severe, 5% get critical, only 2.3% get fatal. The problem is that 2.3% they're actually made up of very old people between the ages of 70 and 79, 8% fatality rate there, 80 plus, 14.8% fatality rate there, and people with other diseases which could be compromising their health between 6 and 10%. But you can see that's where really the danger is. That's a lot of danger for people. So if you've got grandkids or parents that you um, want to have them see each other, it's really hard to do. And I'm noticing some of our streams restarted there as well, so I apologize for that. The thing to think about them is their isolation is really important over the next couple of months. And there are some real practical things you can do. You know, the worst thing you can do is just ignore them. Is, is like just not show up and, and see them at all. The best things you can do is ensure that they get groceries delivered on a regular basis. That they get meals delivered. And maybe you're not there all the time to see them in person, but you can do FaceTime calls or video calls or social calls. Don't neglect them just because they're in this high risk group, but take their health extremely seriously. Um, one final thing for you to share here. If you do contract coronavirus, you'll probably have contracted the disease five days before you had symptoms. So that's an important number. It's five days before um, your symptoms develop. Think about who it was that might have given you this particular virus. If you do find yourself uh, developing the symptoms of coronavirus, and I'll go through those in a second, self-isolate for 14 days. Always call your facility, your healthcare facility, your ER, your doctor's office before you go and take those precautions for the elderly. Finally, um, these are the symptoms 
87% fever, 68% dry cough. These are people reporting these. 38% fatigue, 18% difficulty breathing. Those are the things to watch for. Um, if you're showing all those symptoms and you've been in touch with someone who has coronavirus, which maybe is everybody by now, um, you know, it's time to go see your doctor. Call before you go and figure it out. Thanks very much for watching. Always go to patreon.com forward slash narrative and become a patron of narrative. It's as little as $5 a month and it helps keep narrative going. It really does. So please do that if you can. Patreon.com forward slash narrative.